This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The following is a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. We know you would like to sit next to him in the dugout or in his office. But this is your chance to chat with the manager of the Minnesota Twins. This is the Paul Molitor Show, sponsored by Killebrew Root Beer. Made in Minnesota, it's how memories are created and legends are made. Now, here are the hosts of the Paul Molitor Show, Chris Atterbury and Jack Morris. Well, good morning, and it is time for the Paul Molitor Show here all across our network. Paul Molitor joining us now in studio. Jack Morris is here as well. We'll talk about the Twins. Uh, we'll talk about the homestand, about the final week of the season, might even talk about the weather, all of those things coming up in the next half hour. We're going to start, though, on a, on a very sad note and a tragic note. Uh, as uh, many of you probably are finding out just the way we did earlier this morning, one of the brightest stars in our game, Jose Fernandez, passed away earlier today uh, in a boating accident. Still a lot of details left to be filled in, blanks to be filled in. Uh, but a, a stunning loss for the Marlins. Their game with the Braves has been canceled. Uh, just to, to put it in perspective here's a 24 year old top of his game which, which is irrelevant when you talk about the loss of a life uh, but a guy who fled cuba was jailed in his native country for trying to flee to america fled at 15 famously leapt into the churning waters of the ocean to to save uh, a drowning fellow passenger that turned out to be his mom rescued her back onto the boat uh, we talk all the times about people who say they play for the love of the game here's a guy who put that into practice he fled his country he started a new life and uh, played with that passion up until his final outing uh, on a mound and he uh, and two others passed away early this morning so on that very uh, sad and tragic note guys uh, we, we begin our show uh, with reflections more than uh, anything else and again the baseball secondary but he was uh, that was the the channel through which we came to know Jose uh, which uh, the, the public came to know Jose and you guys have been in the game a long time. You've dealt with a, a lot of tragedies on a lot of levels, and, and this is going to go right up alongside him. It's a very, very sad day for the game, and, and obviously mostly for his family, uh, first and foremost. Well, good morning to you guys. Uh, it is one of those somber uh, days around the game. Um, this is going to reverberate for a long, long time, and I, I think your words are, are, are accurate in terms of you know, does it matter that he was a star or that, you know, where he was in his career? It's it's about life and it's about death. And uh, I think there's going to be a lot of people that are going to try to somehow verbalize, you know, how this is impactful to people and, and a reminder and all those type of things. But it, it's just one of those things where you grieve. You grieve for family. He had a young child uh, that was soon to be born. Um it's it's one of those things where I think as a baseball community we will do what we can to support and um, I think a lot of people will will be reflecting today. We, you, you talk to people all the time about priorities and perspective and good seasons and bad seasons and um, and then you're reminded the fragility of life. So um, you know it'll be heavy. It'll be heavy around every each and every major league game today. I know the Marlins won't be playing, which is the right thing. Uh, 
so at the end of a long season for the Minnesota Twins, we're reminded that you know we have a lot of things to be grateful for. Well said, and and I think the thing that also comes back as is baseball. You said the baseball community and people. I don't know if recognize how small a world it is. There, everybody's interconnected in the, in the game, and you, it, it's whether it's an incident like this or something else. It is a family. You get that word gets thrown around a lot, but there is Jack a, a baseball family. You guys have been part of it for for a long, long time. Yeah, there is some kind of uh, special camaraderie. It it reaches across team to team. Uh, it's it's all of us really. I remember. Thurman Munson, you know, young career, young. I was young at the time in my career when he was tragically killed in a plane crash, and you know, we could go on and on. I was part of the spring training after the uh, boating accident that killed a couple of Cleveland Indian mm-hmm. players, and then, you know, my my old teammate uh, Mark Fidrich after his career was killed uh, working on his truck, and uh, you know, those are tragedies. You don't ever expect them, but any. It just it makes me just reflect on how fragile life is and how we have to somehow embrace every day and be appreciative of it. Yeah. And, and you know, you, you talk about the the baseball community, and I think Jack knows it well, and myself that just the the millions of kids who play the game, and a lot of them aspire to be major league players. And I think that it's a really small pyramid when you get to the top. And yes, there are some numbers over time they accumulate the people that put on major league uniforms, but it's something that we all share. So when there's moments uh, like this, uh, I, I do think it's far reaching in terms of the people that, uh, that feel that impact. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll, uh, try to sort it out, deal with the emotion. I'm sure some of our guys uh, know him to some degree, and so it's going to be a tough day for a lot of our guys as well. Yeah, a very tough day, and obviously mostly for the Fernandez family. Let's take a break. It's the Paul Molitor Show. Uh, sad, tragic news uh, for the Jose Fernandez and the other two people who tragically lost their lives early this morning. We'll take a break. We'll come back and uh, try to talk about uh, some happier times and talk about a little bit of baseball here on your home for Twins Baseball. You're listening to the Treasure Island Baseball Network. It's the Paul Molitor Show. It's brought to you by Killer Brew Root Beer. Paul Molitor and Jack Morris here in studio on a uh, damp gray Sunday. It's the final home game of 2016. Twins and the Mariners, Santiago versus Walker. Twins a chance to win this series after a victory last night and then finish up on the road. Uh, Paul, turning to, to, to baseball here today, mm-hmm. one of your many great strengths, I think, that, I, that I've enjoyed watching over the three years that I've been around is uh, you have an amazing ability to take whatever happened today, process it, digest it, don't ignore it, whether it was good, whether it was bad, learn from it, and then move on. And, and I think you're one of the most forward-looking people I've ever had the mm-hmm. privilege of working with. And I, and I don't know if that's just how you're wired, if that's something you've worked on. But that certainly is something, whether things are going great, things aren't going great, seems to me to be beneficial for you and your club. Talk about that mindset in a difficult year, because you're a deeply competitive guy, but somehow you manage to keep looking forward all the time. Well, I I think some of that uh, might be how you're wired, but I think some of it's learned. Uh, I I think baseball, maybe more than some of the other sports, uh, really kind of call for that mindset in that, you know, it's not long before you're back out on the field, regardless of the prior day circumstances or outcomes. And, uh, you know, sometimes you can get stuck. You know, you get stuck looking behind or whatever the case might be, and it's uh, inhibitive trying to find your way forward. So 
Um, young players, probably a little more difficult for them to, to not let a previous day's uh, performance creep into their mindset the next day. But you try to create that mental toughness. I, I, I've said this on the show before. I remember a quote from Jack. Uh, you know, it's, it's not the, the physical endurance that is required in a major league season. It's the mental toughness throughout the year and creating a mindset. And, uh, you know, the players here today, we got a lot of young guys. Um, a lot of them are suffering physical and mental fatigue from their first six-month major league season. Uh, but you imagine what they would be feeling like if we were in the other dugout today. Yeah. I, you know, it, it's they'd probably be feeling a, a lot more refreshed, uh, having something greater at stake in terms of postseason ramifications. So that shows you that the mind can be very dictating in, in your ability to come out and try to play each and every day. So you do try to find a way to be looking ahead and what you can do the next time you get on the baseball field. I remember my former manager, Sparky Anderson, having a team meeting late uh, in August one year and looked at the whole team. He says, I don't want to hear anybody talk about being tired. He says, everybody's tired. We're all in the same same point in the, of the season. He says, it's it's about your mind and going out there and forgetting about being sure. tired. And I think that's where we all learned it from. But uh, it's got to it's gotta be a little bit disheartening for you when – the nucleus of your ball club is basically banged up right now. Uh, Joe Maurer hasn't played, yeah. per se, in a week and a half. By the way, uh, will he play again the rest of the year? Or where are we at with Joe? Uh, we, are, we have been banged up. You know, I think it was unforeseen how many guys would go down in September. You think you're going to be fairly protected uh, heading into the last month. And we've been, uh, we've been thin, and we've had to kind of patch it together. You know, Joe's fought a good fight here with that injury. It, it was... You know, it was fairly significant, and, and I do think now in hindsight um, that it probably would have been a DL stand earlier in the year, but he's tried to finish up here in September. And I talked to him last night, and uh, I'm going to DH him today, um, last day at home, and he says he wants to give it a shot. So uh, we'll get a chance to see Joe swing the bat today and uh, run out of team, and hopefully, like you said, Chris, try to win the series against uh, the Mariners. And um prepare for that last week on the road. Yeah, and uh, Joe's injury that came in Atlanta, and he was really swinging a hot bat when it, when it happened, and the team uh, at that point then went uh, on a bit of a, a slide. I want to talk about, get back one quick time to the, the forward thinking of the mindset. You mentioned the young guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, it hasn't been a great season in terms of wins and losses, and you can go two ways from that. There are a lot of great winning ball players who endured that earlier in their careers, didn't like it, and did something about changing that moving forward. There's guys in your dugout who have done that, like Tom Brunanski, Kent Herbeck, Danny was on a, a team in in San Francisco. Uh, and it can be a great learning experience. There are other guys who just can get beat down by it as a young player and let it kind of win, as it were, and become more accustomed to it. How do you avoid that happening? Is it possible as a manager or coach to help a young player through that, or is that an individual thing where they're going to have to come to terms with it and figure it out? I, I think it's both individual and collective uh, in terms of trying to create that. Um, we had a little talk with the with the team the other day, and uh, one of the things mentioned um, had to do with the acceptance of losing and really the unacceptability of that principle. If you ever become accustomed to it and can just – you know, feel the same, win-lose after a game, then if it doesn't bother you, it's probably time to look for something else to do. 
Um, it takes time. You know, we saw that twins nucleus back in the early 80s have to endure three or four years before they started to come together and put together a championship team. Uh, but you have to keep your eyes on the prize, as they say, and uh, you have to endure times where losing is more frequent than you would like. But don't ever accept it. If you do, then, you know, you're, you're just kind of headed down the wrong path. Paul, as the season winds down, you got a week to go. Uh, do you and your coaching staff have an opportunity to sit down with each player individually and talk about where they are and what you expect out of them during the off season. I, I tried to do it last year, Jack, and uh, you know some of the conversations are brief. Some people don't need to hear a lot. I think the younger guys probably more so. You certainly want to acknowledge areas of improvement, things that they've done that you've asked them to do that have come along to some degree but also to give them some things to think about in terms of how they're going to <clears throat> either sustain themselves up here or hopefully become better players. Uh, but it's already begun. I've already had a few people in over here over the homestand and will continue throughout the next week and just try to make sure we check in with everybody on what's transpired throughout the year. That's Paul Molliver. Let's take a break. It's the Paul Molliver Show. We're back with more in a moment on your home for Twins Baseball. Welcome back to the Paul Molitor Show. Paul Molitor in studio along with uh, Jack Morris. We got a uh, final home game today here at Target Field, then Kansas City and Chicago to wrap things up. And uh, most of your starters are going to get one more turn uh, on the mound, and I know it is important to talk about young players to kind of finish with something positive. I think that's a, not a small thing. And, and for Tyler Duffy, based on kind of how this season's gone, he's taken some lumps after a, a really solid year last year. It had to feel good for him and good for you and Neil and Eddie to see him as successful as efficient and as comfortable as he was yesterday. I, I think the whole idea of trying to finish with something that can, you know, feed your winner in terms of uh, performance or just a way that you were able to endure your hardship. Um, you know, in Duff's case, you know, we were all, you know, so pleased with what he was able to do and contribute last year and this year. Not untypically, a second time around, you know, there's there's people that are going to make adjustments, and you have to make some along the way. And he struggled at times. He still found a way to win nine games. But uh, last night, you know, I didn't think he really had it early. Uh, we, we saw basically fastball, curveball, and trying to fight his way through the changeup wasn't there for him. So, But he got stronger. Um, he gave up the home run uh, to a guy who's really hot and cruised, but, you know, I had bullpen on my mind after about the fifth inning, and he cruised through those last couple innings to get us into the eighth. So, you know, he's going to get one more shot to kind of back that up and hopefully feel a little bit better about what he's taking into the winter months. Paul, as we look back, you just mentioned something I think has been so critical for this ball club and the fact that the fifth, the sixth, and seventh inning make a huge difference for you as a manager when you can bridge that gap with your starter instead of having to piece two or three more guys out of the bullpen. It's uh, it's a you know huge part of the game, and, and especially when your starter has done a relatively good job of keeping it close. Um, you know, when we talk about the people that we've been running out there uh, compared to some of the people we had when we were healthy, it's it's uh, it's not that these guys can't do it, but they're kind of learning on the fly. We've had so many games here in the last month where we've been relatively close within striking distance, and we just haven't been able to contain. And we've asked a lot of, of some of these guys who have come up and haven't had a lot of big league time, 
And for the most part, they've had to take their lumps. And as a team, we've had to suffer through that, too. You can't just keep going to the same guys every day that have been out round all year, especially when you're trailing by a run or two. You know, you're looking for people that can find your way to give you a chance late. But that's really been a sore spot for us here in the last month. One of the guys that I just think uh, we should recognize here in the what what is going to be my final uh, Paul Molitor show of the mm-hmm. year is Taylor Rogers. I think uh, what he's done as of late and overall when you look at his workload for the whole year, uh, a guy that I think you have kind of uh, depended on as a left-hander out of the bullpen, he's been pretty solid. Uh, talk a little bit about his effort. Well, you know, the, everyone's got a little different makeup and, and some kind of jump out at you more than others from the start uh um, you know he's just seemed to be able to handle everything we threw at him from transitioning from being a starter potentially a bullpen guy um you know he's not a traditionally quick starter we saw the velocity numbers in spring training compared to where he's been at the last few months uh, you know four or five mile an hour difference which has really helped his game and um you know he's he's come up here and he's taken the ball and he's been able to slow it down when the game's on the line last night being a perfect example uh, I run him out there knowing that they got right-handed pinch hitters on the bench, and, you know, he just found his way to trust his stuff and get through it. So, you know, you're looking for foundational pieces, pieces moving forward. Um, there's been a lot of talk uh, in-house here with Rob and the coaches about uh, where people are at and who we might be able to, to ink in as opposed to pencil in, and, and I have a lot of confidence that he's going to come back and continue to be that type of guy. Obviously, the second year we talked about with Duffy, it's, he's going to face some challenges and trying to repeat or improve. But uh, I, I like everything about what he's done for us, Jack. He's mm-hmm. he's been a, a a great asset for us to have out there from the left side in the bullpen. And it had to be kind of fun yesterday. You know they got a million guys in their roster. You know they're going to come in with the righties, and you could come back and bring another righty in, and instead you let your guy go out there and learn it because he's going to have to get tough righties out at some point, and his confidence has to be through the roof because you gave him the chance to go out and do that. It's fun to make those decisions. We haven't had a lot of chances to do that. Um, You know, I'm looking at the inning and how it might unfold. You're looking at, you know, Cano and Cruz in the four or five holes in the eighth inning, and and I got Presley warming up. Uh, I just was going to kind of see how it how it went. You know, Gutierrez scares me because he's got really good numbers against left-handed pitching, including power numbers. But, you know, we gave him a shot. He threw the ball well. He kept the ball down. And then they pinch hit Lee up there. And I thought about bringing Presley in. And um, I knew that if somehow Lee found his way on, we were looking at Cano. So I, I, I rolled with Rodgers, and, and he made it look good. He, you know, he, he struck him out, too. So you're, you're th- looking at those matchups, but but that's what's fun about my job is, yeah. is trying to find a way through those games when you got to try to protect the lead. One of the luxuries Chris and I have of uh, watching a game is we get to look at the monitor and know exactly where the pitches are. Uh, I know that you're close to home plate, but you right. have a different angle than we do. And for me, it's just always just absolutely, I don't know, awakening for me to see the difference between when a guy is struggling and when a guy is really pitching well, how simple the game can be when you throw the ball where you want to throw it. And I think when we talk about Taylor Rogers, maybe J. Chee Chagua, mm-hmm. uh, you know, these young guys are starting to get a feel for the fact that when they throw it where they want to, they have good results. Uh, even even Jose Barrios uh, the other day, mm-hmm. when he when he was down and away and down and in on, on the black at 95, nobody touches that ball. Right. And, uh, those are going to, to me, have to be more of a learning uh 
thing for them individually. Well, you know, we've we've really stressed the command issue, especially for our young guys. Um, you know, I know they preach it in the minor leagues, but sometimes your talent level <clears throat> or how hard you can throw a baseball allows you to, to advance uh, because of the quality of hitters you might be facing. But when they come up here, uh, it's it's a fine line of being able to hit that glove and, and you start missing by six inches a foot and you're going to pay the price. And when they get a little positive affirmation by throwing the ball where they need to and where they're trying to and they're walking off the field with a zero, it just reinforces that that's a huge requirement for being successful up here. Let's get to our last break. We'll take a break. It's a Paul Molitor show on your home for Twins Baseball. Final uh, quick segment here on the Paul Molitor Show. Jack Morris is here. Yeah, Jack's going to be, uh, where are you wandering off to next week? Be... Uh, Grand Rapids, Michigan. Yeah, well, Grandpa time. See the kids, yeah. Good for you, Jack. Grandpa Jack next uh, next Sunday. And uh, Paul will be in Chicago wrapping things up. But today, wrapping up against the Mariners, Santiago throws uh, against Taiwan Walker. And, and Hector's thrown well here of late. A lot of talk about kind of trying to change some things with him. Is that just that change taken root? For Santiago? Well, we've seen some good signs. He's obviously pitched better his last three, four starts than when he first came over from the Angels. Um, you know, I, I like a lot of things about Heck, what I've seen here since he's come. And, and uh, you know, he came in the other day and said, you know, I don't know what you're going to do the last week, but I want to pitch in my regular turn, and I feel great. And, uh, you know, he had the little thumb issue. It's kind of in the in the rearview mirror. So, yeah, I think some of the things that Neil and Eddie have been pushing for him is, is – is, kept his pitch count down and he's certainly attacking with his fastball he gets it where he wants to too jack and he seems to have a lot better results i was just going to say you know it doesn't matter if it's uh, santiago or Irvin santana you get two veterans out there and the young guys should see their ability to command their fastball that's where it all starts and they've done a good job of it yeah hopefully he has a good day walker on the other hand a hard throwing big right-handed guy we saw him earlier in the year mm-hmm. up in seattle at the end of may and uh, a couple guys had good days, and uh, he's been a hot and cold guy, so hopefully today we can find a way to score some runs. Yeah, he's a guy that is the full package. When you start building the pitcher, the, the frame, he's got the look out there, so it should be uh, an interesting day. Lineup, you got one penciled in? Or are you still uh, in? I th- I'm thinking about leading Dozier off. <laughs> That'd be a good thought. Inside, I like your, I like breaking, your thinking. Breaking news. <laughs> yeah, uh, like I said, Joe will be in there today, and Centennial uh, uh, will be catching. Out of that, we're going to have a lot of the usual people here we've been playing the last couple of weeks. I, I, you know, I, I feel good about your Dozier leading yeah. off. I think that's a good move. <laughs> Paul, right. Paul Mahler, Jack Morris, great as always here in studio. Uh, again, we're just getting started. We'll have Inside Twins just after noon, 12:30 lineup card, and first pitch just after one final home game of 2016, right here on your home for Twins baseball. Okay, picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or. I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 